You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on the America Out Loud Network. I am your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran, founder of The Wounded Blue, the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. We've got a lot to talk about today, because as usual, when it comes down to news of the law enforcement world, there is no shortage. So let's take a walk into the briefing room, where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. Major story broke today. Major story broke today. And I was actually the first journalist to get this information directly from the man himself, the officer who was involved in this horrendous nightmare over the last few years. So let's go back in time to November 27, 2019. An Oklahoma police lieutenant was indicted last week for murder after he allegedly fired nearly 60 rounds at a road rage suspect who was firing rounds at others earlier this year. John Mitchell, a 40-year-old lieutenant with the Blackwell Police Department, was charged with second-degree murder in the death of Michelle Ann Godsey on May 20th. Mitchell, according to the grand jury, engaged in, quote, imminently dangerous conduct, unquote, when he shot Godsey in Blackwell, located roughly 90 miles north of Oklahoma City. Now, this was because a grand jury concluded last week alleging the officer wasn't justified in firing dozens of rounds at the suspect. Now, listen to this madness. Authorities had responded to reports of gunfire coming from a white pickup truck at various locations in Blackwell when the incident broke out. Responding officers reportedly pursued Godsey's pickup truck and exchanged gunfire with her before the truck came to a stop. Now, Lieutenant Mitchell, this is a small community, and Lieutenant Mitchell had heard the radio traffic that that there was an active shooter on the road shooting at people in his city. So instead of sitting home, he did what real cops do. He jumped in his unit, grabbed his gear, and went out to try and protect the people of the city. So he found the, the suspect. The suspect opened fire on him. He returned fire, killed her, or at least we assume he killed her because they did, they, the ballistics, they couldn't really tell what bullet actually killed her. But... He opened fire on her. He took out an active shooter. And what was his thanks for doing that? An activist district attorney decided to indict him for murder. This is, it it is absolutely madness. So here's what happened. Now, Mitchell's defense attorney argued that the police officer acted lawfully to stop a threat. He said it was a sad day for law enforcement and society. Uh, she shot at the, this is his quote, she shot at the police, she has shot at her mother, she has shot at private citizens, we know she fired other rounds around town. Mitchell gets in behind her, takes, takes out his AR-15 and started shooting through the front windshield at her. Now, here's the craziness. 
Mitchell was cleared by an independent internal affairs review for the shooting. Now, even though he was cleared, this district attorney decided that he was going to indict him. Now, this happened in 2019. The nightmare that Lieutenant Mitchell has gone through has been incredible. He's literally facing years, or he was facing years and years in prison. And, and it's, it's, it's so insane that, that this case was not dismissed immediately. But it went to various reviews. And today, on the 12th of August, I was contacted by Lieutenant Mitchell. And the charges have been summarily dismissed by a judge who ruled his shooting justifiable. It is an incredible moment for Lieutenant Mitchell. The stress that he has had to deal with over the last couple of years is, is indescribable. His life was ruined by this district attorney who took it upon himself to follow the wokeness that is that has plagued America and 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 figure out some way to find revenge against law enforcement. So he used his power to have this lieutenant indicted. It is absolutely insane. Now here here's some of the, the craziness about this. The there was another officer there. And that officer never even returned fire, even though he was being shot at. That officer decided that perhaps this job wasn't for him, and now he is gone. But because he didn't open fire when he was being shot at, the district attorney used that as a tool to indict Lieutenant Mitchell. So this is just this is just madness, absolutely madness. Now the good thing here is that Lieutenant Mitchell never lost the backing of the Fraternal Order of Police and his own agency. They were with him and behind him and supporting him the whole time. So over the last couple of years, at least he had the support of the union and also of his police agency. That doesn't happen all the time. So I'm really happy to say that this nightmare for Officer Mitchell is finally completed. So to John Mitchell, congratulations on, on finally seeing justice served. It is, it's, it's, absolutely unconscionable what this officer had to go through. And at the same time, now Oklahoma, you would think that Oklahoma would have some pretty strong pro-law enforcement voices. Well, there's another case that's going to be decided, probably may, may even be as early as today, where a police officer shot and killed someone who was attacking him with a with a, a, a metal baseball bat. 
And that officer was indicted. So what is happening in, in Oklahoma is beyond me. This, uh, this officer is also facing years in prison for simply defending themselves. This is all part of what is happening across America with district attorneys who are more concerned with their political agendas than they are with justice. And they're using their positions of power in order to further their own personal agendas. We see it everywhere now. They are literally the Trojan horses of the criminal justice system. They are the enemies of the criminal justice system. And yet they're being elected as millions and millions of dollars are being poured into their coffers by the likes of George Soros and others who want to bring the downfall of American law enforcement. Once again, Lieutenant John Mitchell, you're a hero. You braved this assault upon your liberty. I know what it was like because you and Lieutenant Mitchell and I had numerous conversations over the last couple of years. I, I know what he was going through and how it was devastating, he and his family. So I, and, and you know, here's the, one of the, the unfair, um, the unfairnesses that, that take place now. Everyone in the state legislators and, and mayor's offices are calling for the end of qualified immunity for police. And they have been successful in many places removing it. So now we have a district attorney who used his office for his own personal agenda, destroying the life of a police officer who did nothing wrong except do his duty and do it well by taking out an armed attacker. And guess what? That district attorney has complete immunity. Can't be sued. Can't be brought up on charges. And yet this is these are the same people that are in charge of prosecuting police officers. It is, it is absolutely unconscionable. And there's no, there is no accountability for district attorneys, none whatsoever. On a previous show, I had the president of district attorneys association on this show to talk about this very topic. And when it really comes down to it, the only consequences are when the voters vote that person out. So look at all the damage that these people can do and are doing throughout the nation. You look at, at, at Kim Gardner in St. Louis, one of, the, one of the most incompetent, useless prosecutors on the face of the planet, who's literally in one week allowed three murderers to walk free because of her incompetence, because they didn't even attend the hearing that they needed to attend. The recidivism rate there is off the charts because she doesn't prosecute people. You have other district attorneys in Chicago. You have Kim Fox. You have Gascon in Los Angeles. You have th this uh, uh, 
in, insanity all over the country. It's time for America. You've got to wake up. You've got to get involved. You've got to say enough is enough. You've got to put people into positions to safeguard your lives and your family's lives. So I know I'm off on a tangent, but I just I, I'm, I'm celebrating the success of Lieutenant Mitchell, and I'm so happy for him. There's lots more to talk about. Well, there was a time when Americans could rely on the Fourth Estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. I want to tell you about an organization that I'm going to ask you to support. It's called The Wounded Blue. And you can see it at thewoundedblue.org. They are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Now, by uh, I have to tell you the truth, and that is that I am the founder of that organization and the national director. What do they do? They provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over the United States. They have a team of dedicated police officers all who have been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over or faced psychological trauma, and they know exactly what these men and women are going through today. It's free, of course, because this is a national nonprofit charitable organization. They don't take any fees. Nobody makes any money on this deal. This is just about helping those men and women who have sacrificed so much for their communities and their country. Check it out at thewoundedblue.org. Your support is is really needed. These men and women uh, have been abused in ways you can't even imagine. In fact, if you got a moment, go to Amazon.com and look at our documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You will be shocked. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org, and support these men and women. Thank you. For all of my law enforcement, active and retired, great announcement. Something you, especially if you're working, whether you are a patrol officer or you're a chief, you want to listen to this because you want to sign up for this ASAP. The Wounded Blue, which is, of course, the organization that I founded, 
The National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers is announcing right now for the first time the Law Enforcement Survival Summit that is being hosted by the Wounded Blue at the Ahern Hotel in Las Vegas, October 28, 29, and 30. This is the one training event that you want to attend because it's about everything that involves surviving a law enforcement career. It encompasses physical survival, tactics by two of the most incredible and experienced instructors, Dave and Betsy Smith. They together have uh, have probably saved more lives than than uh, any other duo in training history. Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, the author of Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement, is going to be one of the presenters. Uh, Jason Schechterly, whose story of survival after being incredibly burned in a in a when his patrol car was struck, his story of survival is incredible. He's going to be one of the speakers. There are going to be amazing speakers, presenters, classes, and you don't want to miss this. We're only going to allow 300 in-person people, and that's in Las Vegas, October 28th through the 30th. And then the night of the 30th is the Brothers in Blue Bash. So go to thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org. And you want to register right now for this event because it's going to sell out quick and you do not want to miss it. It just may save your life. This last week saw a devastating murder of a police officer in Chicago, Illinois. The officer was making a traffic stop with her partner and as they approached a vehicle there were three occupants there were two men two uh, and a woman as they approached one of the suspects opened fire killing officer Ella French Chicago Police Department critically injuring her her partner who remains in critical condition this murder provoked a great deal of publicity bringing to the attention of America the bravery of these officers and the sacrifice that officers make all over the country. But there was, there's a lot more at play here, a lot more at play. The, the murder itself is devastating. This young officer had so much to live for, literally just at the beginning of her career and her life, and it was cut short by two animals. Now, they're not saying that these two individuals are gang members, but it is very clear from their mugshots and from what is what is being released that these are criminal gang members and the fact that they were out on the street when this took place considering their extensive criminal histories something is going to be examined 
Now, they purchased the gun from a, a illegal gun runner. That gun was traced to this individual who bought the gun and then sold it illegally to these two people. They arrested this individual for trafficking in the gun. And within, within days, he was released. You talk about the gun violence in Chicago. You talk about the incredible violent crime tsunami that is washing over this country. And then you see injustice like this. Every person involved in this crime needs to go to prison forever. If they if they if they were really involved in justice, they would they would put this gunman in the in the 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 he would get the needle. But of course, this day and age, the best you can hope for is a life sentence without parole, and even that doesn't mean anything half the time. But there's but even more is taking place regarding the the killing of this officer. We know that Chicago is is a city that is out of control when it comes to crime. Absolutely out of control. The leadership of the city has been so incredibly anti-law enforcement that they have enacted policies and laws and rules and created committees to oversee the police department and done everything in their power to destroy policing as we know it. And as a result, cops are leaving at an unprecedented rate. They're retiring. They're just quitting. They're going to other police agencies. And now we're seeing the staffing levels of the Chicago Police Department diminishing. You're seeing that calls for service are are backing up because there aren't enough cops to answer the calls. And this is due to the irresponsible anti-law enforcement venom being spewed by the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who is who, who rivals some of the worst mayors in the country when it comes down to safeguarding their citizens, but also the city council. The city council is the one with the power who has literally created an environment that police officers could not be police officers. Imagine this. They just enacted a rule, a law, a policy, that a police officer can watch you commit a murder and run away. But they have to get permission through layers of bureaucracy in order to pursue you on foot. Can you imagine the insanity of this? And this policy has been voted on and put into place by allegedly intelligent human beings who are governing the city of Chicago. What in God's name is wrong with these people? Because there's something wrong. They are literally doing everything they can to allow criminality to roam free and victimize 
at their leisure while handcuffing the police from actually being the police. So let me tell you a little bit more about what happened after Officer French was killed. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little background. I know many of you have, have listened, listened to me in the past, and you know a lot about me, but there's many of you who probably do not. So in, during my 34-year police career, one of the things that I was most proud of was for 15 years, I served as the assistant commander of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department's Honor Guard. And that duty to me was sacred because we got to honor the lives of those officers who gave their lives for their community. And I buried a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues. And so the rituals that go along with the line of duty death of a police officer, they mean a great deal to police officers all over the country. And Chicago is no different. So when Chicago lost this young officer, the body was, was taken to the hospital. That's where she was pronounced dead. Well, in Chicago, just like in many cities, hundreds, if not thousands of officers gathered at the hospital to honor her and to show support for one another. And there's a tradition that tradition is that that, that officer's body, when it's being taken to the medical examiner's office, would have a procession of honor to go along with her. And that procession being bagpipes and, and uniformed police officers and such. So that's what was about to take place when the second in command of the Chicago Police Department was caught on tape saying something along the lines of, we don't have time for this shit, and ordered the officers to take her without the escort because he didn't want to follow that tradition. It wasn't important enough to him. Well, let me tell you something. The cops in Chicago are, are angry. They're angry for a reason. They have they have a right to be. They have been they have been bullied by their police administration. They have been let down by them. Their leadership has been awful. Mayor Lightfoot and 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 her merry minions have literally created an environment where no cop wants to go to work. But to actually dishonor a police officer who's killed in the line of duty, who's murdered in such a despicable way, there's, there's, there are no words for this. Now, let's add more insult to injury. Lightfoot comes out and does a press conference, cries a few crocodile tears, gives a, a statement which is mealy-mouthed at most, doesn't even say the name of the officer who was killed, doesn't even honor her with that. And the police who were there, every single cop, literally turned their back on her when she walked in the room. Now that's saying something. That is, that is 
ultimate disrespect and showing how these officers feel about Lori Lightfoot, who then came out in support of the decision by the second-in-command of the Chicago Police Department, Carter, supporting his decision. Well, <laughs> and, th and then she lied about, they, they tried to sh throw the medical examiner's office under the bus saying that they, they didn't do the procession because of their COVID, <laughs> their, their, their COVID restrictions. Well, they got caught in a huge fat lie there. Medicals, medical officers, uh, excuse me, medical examiner office said, uh-uh-uh, don't throw this on us. We haven't changed our protocols. So you have you have the you have the tragic death, the tragic murder of a, of a police officer, the critical injury of another one, who we don't even know if he will survive. You have the second in command of the Chicago Police Department, who is so despicable that wouldn't allow the ritual that accompanies a police officer's death to even take place. And then you got the mayor who was incredibly disrespectful in her little speech and then backing the the number two guy of Chicago PD and then lying about it to try and throw the blame on somebody else. Chicago PD is a mess. And the crime just continues to rise and rise and rise. And it will get worse and worse and worse until the people of Chicago say enough is enough. That we're going to vote these people out of office. Because the fact of the matter is, until that day happens, every person's life continues to be in jeopardy. The body count will continue, and justice will slowly die in the city of Chicago. Well, there's lots more happening, too. It seems like it's all doom and gloom in, in, in many of the stories that I bring you, but it's just, it's, it's, this stuff is so important to let you know about. Now, you know, Talking about Chicago, it seems like I, we could just do the whole show about Chicago. There was a, a video that just surfaced, and um, it was it was disturbing for me to watch as a, as a police officer because it was a video that showed an officer tr struggling to handcuff a guy on the ground as two other officers hold at bay another man trying to help the man on the ground, egged on by the person recording the video. And the and the 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 force that was being used was simply not enough force. So these officers are are so scared to use the proper amount of force when they're making an arrest or when they're confronting a subject who has the potential to inflict harm or even death on them. So, you know, when you see this, you see these cops who have been so cowed by the administrations and by the city administrations 
that they are literally afraid to do their jobs. They're literally putting themselves in harm's way even more because they are afraid that they will be the next poster child of the media. You know, it, it's there's a um, there's another video that's that's out there of three DC police officers. They've confronted a guy with a gun. They're trying to arrest him. He is resisting. He has a gun that he is in his belt. They're trying to hold him from getting that gun. And they are, I mean, literally, this is a fight for your life. And to take somebody in custody that doesn't want to go, it is, it is exceedingly difficult. Especially someone who knows uh, anything about resistance because there is active resistance, there's physical resistance, and there's all kinds of levels, right? But if you have a gun in your belt, that's a deadly force situation. So these officers were literally fighting with this guy, trying to disarm him. And a couple of the officers were striking him, striking him in the face. And of course, there, was, there were people taking video of it. And eventually, they were able to take this guy into custody without shooting him, which I can assure you was a, a, um, a very strong possibility if he had gotten his hand to that gun. And what was the reaction from the D.C. chief of police? It's just, they, they dropped the charges on the suspect with the gun and charged the three cops. What is going on here? The police chief is a moron. He came out with some, oh, I'm very disappointed in this. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. These, are my, these men wouldn't. It's just, it, it just, it's beyond belief. Beyond belief. And these cops are now facing criminal charges for, for doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it's, you know, when you, when you, when you think about the war on cops, okay, and that's, that's what this is. The war on cops isn't just the physical battles that these that these men and women deal with every single day the the number of officers ambushed the number of officers killed the number of officers shot is is through the roof and that is part of the war on cops that people are are believing that they have the ability to confront police officers physically try and and hurt them, try and kill them, and that there won't be any accountability for it. So that is a major part of the war on cops. But the war on cops is much more because the war on cops is is all about the tools that are being taken away by the very people who are in leadership positions in this country. And you add to that the media's incredible coverage of, of law enforcement topics. It is so one-sided and anti-law enforcement that it is 
they, they are literally complicit in the war on cops. No wonder the police don't trust the media. And then the media bitches when they don't get a story from the cops. Well, why would they talk to you? And you add on to that. You add on to the, to the physical dangers. You, the possibility of facing repercussions, including going to prison for simply doing your job that we have seen. And then you add on to that the laws enacted by, by political leadership that strip police of their own rights. In many places, police officers can get fired for putting something on social media that offends anybody in the community. So they'll, they'll just bring them up on charges because they didn't like the content of their Facebook post. There's something else that's happening I want to talk about. The National Police Association is a great organization. Their spokesman, Betsy Smith, is a, is a great friend of mine and just one of, the, one of the leading police instructors in the country, a true expert. Well, the National Police Association is now challenging a dangerous judge-made rule in a new filing with the United States Supreme Court. In a friend of the court brief filed June 30th with the United States Supreme Court, the National Police Association argued that the court should overturn a judge-made rule which places both officers and suspects in an impossible decision-making bind during highly dangerous situations. The Tenth Circuit most recently relied on this judge-made rule to deny officers summary judgment in a case called Bond versus City of Tahlequah. So in Bond, officers were called to re remove an intoxicated suspect from his ex-wife's property. When arriving on the scene, officers encountered the subject near the property's garage. As they attempted to coax the suspect out, one of the officers stepped into the garage towards the suspect. The suspect ran to the back of the garage and grabbed a claw hammer from a workbench, turning it so that the claw prongs of the hammer faced the officers. Officers entered the garage, repeatedly commanding the suspect to drop the hammer. The intoxicated suspect refused to comply, instead raised the claw hammer over his head in preparation to throw it at the officers. The officers, who were 8 to 10 feet away, repeated their commands to drop the hammer. The suspect raised it even higher, and the officers shot and killed him. Now, what the court has now ruled in that decision is, and they, they, they upset over 30 years of Supreme Court precedent on use of force. The Tenth Court reasoned that the officer's decision to step into the garage before using force could have possibly provoked the suspect into grabbing the claw hammer. For that reason, the Tenth, Court, Tenth Circuit ruled that an otherwise reasonable use of force, that is, shooting the suspect as he was about to throw a claw hammer, could be transformed into an unreasonable use of force simply because one of the officers took one step toward the suspect and provoked the need for later use of force. So in, in other words, 
this court decision could could quite literally leave every police officer open to prosecution for making a decision that could possibly result in a provocation. Every single instance where a police officer is in a confrontation with an individual could lead to that set of circumstances. So for a court to just suddenly come up with a rule like this could have ramifications throughout the entire United States which could result in police officers just not even getting involved in a potential use of force. So the National Police Association with other groups are now trying to take this, this case will be heard at, at the Supreme Court level, as it should, because the courts have ruled consistently that what would a reasonable officer have done? And of course, that, that mandate, that case law has been in effect for years and years and years. And now it's being chipped away in order to undermine policing. Now, not only is, is this court doing it, but you also have the same type of philosophical beliefs by state governments. The state of Washington is, is absolutely insane with the new laws that they have passed that are strictly designed to undermine the ability of law enforcement to do its job, literally. Let me give you an example. This, this, th these new laws just went into effect about two weeks ago. The first week that it went into effect, the, there was a, a murder in Seattle, and the police got there, and a witness said, hey, the, the suspect just ran into the woods over there. Well, they had a police canine, and normally they would they would release the canine the canine to find the the suspect and then bite and hold. Well, they were unable to do that because of the new laws that have been put into effect by the state of Washington. Now they have they have created an, an untenable burden by creating laws that say. If you're going to use force, and, and, and a canine is considered a use of force, you have to have probable cause to arrest that individual. Now, that is, that is an impossible place for cops to be. Impossible. And so, the, so this murderer got away. This murderer got away. And... Um, We've now seen just in the in in this short time period that these new laws that have been put into place have literally created an environment where the where the cops can't they can't be cops. And yet, not only did these legislators pass these laws, the goofy governor of the state, which you think would would have some lick of common sense signed off on it, signed the law, the, the laws, in, the bills into law. So 
the adults have left the room in Washington. The same thing in Illinois. In Illinois, um, they, they've now eliminated monetary bail. They have, they, and you see how well that's worked in New York, right? Where literally they hold nobody and they go out and they commit crime after crime after crime after crime. So all of these new laws that are being put into place have nothing to do with public safety. They only have to do with revenge against law enforcement. And we're going to see the body count rise in Washington, in Illinois, in these other liberal cities that are invoking these insane new police revenge laws. That's what I call them. And until somebody stands up and the citizens stand up and say enough is enough, we're going to continue to see this debacle play out in cities all over the United States. So that's about it for today, folks. I've, I've, I've talked enough gloom and doom, haven't I? But I can only tell you the truth. And this is The View from the Blue. Hi, this is Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement on the America Out Loud Network. And everybody is shopping online now, right? Everybody is is going and getting their wares because it's convenient, it's easier. But here's the problem. I don't like giving my money to companies that simply don't go along with the values that I believe are important. I value patriotism. I value love of country. I value our police. I value our army and our navy and our military. I believe that these are really important values. And unfortunately, a lot of the big players in online shopping, they don't. They Instead, they, they promote a bunch of, of, of activists that that truly do not even like our country. I don't like it. So, but, you know, what else are you going to do? There's pretty much just been one game in town. Well, that's changing right now. That's changing because now there is ShopToTheRight.com. Now, ShopToTheRight.com is a new endeavor, but it is it is gaining traction for shopping online and putting your, your wares online if you are a business and, and looking for customers that care about the country, that care about patriotism, care about values that the most of us uh, do share. And, and, and it really comes down to this. Do you want to give your money to companies that promote organizations that actually sometimes even call for the overthrow of our nation? Not me. I don't want to. Well, I never had much of a choice, but now we do. ShopToTheRight.com. You've got to check it out. Whether you are shopping or you are selling, and you're a company, check it out. ShopToTheRight.com. Tell them Randy sent you. This is a message to all my active duty officers who are thinking about retiring. And you're going to love me because I'm going to save you tens of thousands of dollars in the future. Does that sound like a crazy promise? All right, we all know about insurance. Now, when a, when a police officer retires, they usually retire in their, you know, early 50s 
and they can't get onto Social Security and and collect on Medicare until they're in their 60s, right? So what do you do for insurance between, health insurance I'm talking about, between that time? I know what happened to me. When I retired, I got thrown off of my, my plan because I was now a retired cop. And I had to go off on my own or the department allowed me to use their insurance. But I was paying, I'm not kidding you, damn close to $1,000 a month. I still am. $1,000 a month. And I had no choice because that, that was there were no other options out there, right? Well, yes, there is a new option. You are going to love this. It's thinbluelinebenefits.com. This is real deal, no-nonsense health insurance. Really premium plan. And I can tell you right now that if I, and I check this out, if I could have gone on to this insurance plan when I retired, I would have saved myself close to $50,000 over my retirement period since I've been retired. So listen, if you are worried about insurance, and you should be because it's crazy out there, you need to go to thinbluelinebenefits.com. This is, this is really good quality health insurance. They're all over the nation. They really care about their cops. And you do not want to miss this possible opportunity. I can tell you right now, just this week, uh, an individual who I recommended was able to retire, was able to retire because of getting insurance through thinbluelinebenefits.com. Check it out. You don't want to miss this. Just tell them Randy sent you. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. This week we passed... uh, a milestone, if you will, sad milestone. This year uh, saw the final total as of this moment of 25,000 American law enforcement officers who died in the line of duty. So this milestone is something that uh, I don't think should be celebrated, simply acknowledged. And now we have, in the last couple of weeks, more officers who have joined their brothers and sisters on the wall in Washington, D.C. This week, I have several names to read. Sheriff Lee Vance of the Hines County Sheriff's Office in Mississippi. Sheriff Lee Vance died from complications as a result of contracting COVID-19 during an outbreak amongst employees of the Hines County Sheriff's Office and inmates in the Hines County Jail. Sheriff Vance has served the Hines County Sheriff's Office for four years, had previously served the Jackson Police Department for 27 years, where he retired as the chief of police. He is survived by his five adult children. Sheriff Lee D. Vance, Hines County Sheriff's Office, Mississippi. End of watch Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Next is police officer George Gonzalez, the United States Department of Defense, Pentagon Force Protection Agency, U.S. government. Police officer George Gonzalez was fatally stabbed in an unprovoked attack at the Pentagon's transit center in Arlington, Virginia. He was conducting a foot patrol of the transit center when his subject exited a metro bus, approached him, and stabbed him in the neck. Other officers on the scene fatally shot the subject. Officer Gonzalez was flown to George Washington University where he was pronounced dead. 
Officer Gonzalez was a U.S. Army veteran, had served with the Pentagon Force Protection Agency for three years. He had previously served with the Federal Bureau of Prisons for two years. He is survived by his mother and brother. Police Officer George Gonzalez, United States Department of Defense, Pentagon Force Protection Agency. End of Watch Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. The next is Police Officer Brian Russell Pierce of the Brooklyn Police Department in Illinois. Police Officer Brian Pierce was struck and killed by a fleeing vehicle while attempting to deploy spike strips on the McKinley Bridge during a vehicle pursuit at about 3 a.m. Other officers from Brooklyn had started pursuing the vehicle following an incident at a local nightclub. Officer Pierce was attempting to deploy the spike strips on the bridge just prior to the state line when he was struck. The vehicle continued to flee into St. Louis, where it was later found abandoned. Approximately one hour later, as officers and detectives were conducting their investigation at the scene of the accident, another car drove through the police line at a high rate of speed. Officers and one of the occupants exchanged gunfire. The driver was wounded and all four occupants taken into custody. The driver who struck Officer Pierce remains at large. Officer Pierce has served the Brooklyn Police Department for nine months, previously served with the Spillertown Police Department for two years. He is survived by his parents. Police Officer Brian Russell Pierce, Jr., Brooklyn Police Department, Illinois, end of watch Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. The next is Deputy Sheriff Brandon Shirley, Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, Kentucky. Deputy Sheriff Brandon Shirley was shot and killed when he was ambushed while working a secondary employment assignment at Rockford Lane in Shively, Kentucky. He was in uniform sitting in a vehicle about 2.30 a.m. when a subject approached him and opened fire. Deputy Shirley was transported to University Hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The subject who shot him fled the scene and remains at large. Deputy Shirley has served the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office for two years. Deputy Sheriff Brandon Shirley, Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, Kentucky. End of watch Thursday, August 5th, 2021. The final name to read is Police Officer Ella G. French, Chicago Police Department, Illinois. Police Officer Ella French was shot and killed while she and her partner conducted a traffic stop of a vehicle containing three subjects near the intersection of West 263rd Street and South Bell. During the traffic stops, one of the subjects opened fire, striking Officer French and her partner. Despite their wounds, the officers were able to return fire and wounded one of the subjects. Both officers were taken to the University of Chicago Medical Center where Officer French was pronounced dead. Her partner was admitted in critical condition. All three subjects in the vehicle fled the scene. Two of the subjects were arrested shortly thereafter and a third subject taken into custody the following day. Officer French has served the Chicago police for almost three and a half years, was assigned to the community safety team. Police Officer Ella G. French, Chicago Police Department, Illinois. End of watch, Saturday, August 7th, 2021. Each of these officers gave their lives in the line of duty. May they rest in peace. Thanks so much for joining me again this week on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement on the America Out Loud Network. I ask a couple things. One, if you want to connect with me, go to my Facebook page at the voice of American law enforcement. Feel free to message me there if you have comments or questions. If you have a story that you think I should cover, then connect with me there as well. Follow me on Twitter, at LT Randy Sutton. I even have Instagram now, LT Randy Sutton. I know, I know, I'm finally coming into the 21st century when it comes down to social media. I also ask that you support the Wounded Blue. 
Go to www.thewoundedblue.org. This is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. If you are a law enforcement officer and you're struggling and you have issues that you want to talk about with people who understand and will keep it completely confidential, connect with us either on our Facebook page, The Wounded Blue, or on our website, thewoundedblue.org, or connect with me personally, Randy at thewoundedblue.org. There are people that care about you. Your blue family does exist. And finally, America, your police are not your enemy. Your police are there to protect you. They care about you. And even though they're being demonized and vilified, I know that most of you believe in those who serve, and I thank you for that. Don't be afraid to come up to a cop and say, hey, man, Thanks for your service. It goes a long, long way. 